Beyond Blue's BU initiative is a professional resource package that helps you support young people towards better mental health and wellbeing, so they grow up understanding there's no health without mental health. Join today at bu.edu.au. This afternoon we're speaking to Professor Mary Ryan. Uh, she's the Head of Educational Studies at Macquarie University. In this week's media briefing on teacher training and quality teaching, Professor Ryan underscored the need for meaningful, ongoing and measurable professional learning. Good afternoon, Professor. You highlighted the fact that little evidence seems to exist to support professional learning uh, that teachers uh, engage in. Even though they might know it's beneficial, they rarely have hard evidence to back it up. Why do you think this culture has developed um, so, Wade, first of all, I'd like to differentiate between data, research evidence, and practice-based evidence. So teachers use data all the time in their teaching. That's what assessment is. Um, and, so, and sometimes teachers don't think about it as, as data, but classroom assessment is what I would call small data. And then we have what we call big data, and the PISAs and, and those, those large standardised um, data sets. Yes. So teachers do use data in their teaching and they often use it um, to have a look at, how, at their student outcomes, their student achievement. So I'm not saying that you know, what teachers do doesn't have an effect. What I'm saying is that there's not always been a holistic evidence-based practice approach in schools. So teachers tend to get their information from other teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's been documented research, that teachers don't always go to research. They go to other teachers to get information about improving practice and so on, which is, uh, which is fantastic because we want teachers to be having these professional conversations with each Absolutely. other. And, of, and of course, um, we know that, um, you know, through Hattie's work, collective self-efficacy is a very... Um, where you know where teachers are on the same page, they're working together. You know, it's, it's a learning community. So we want that to happen, but that's only one form of evidence. You know, so that that evidence that you get professional judgment is really important, but it's only one form of evidence. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, what we need to think about is is a holistic evidence based practice approach, and so evidence based practice includes different kinds of evidence so there's the data that I talked about so student assessment data and you know the Mm -hmm. small data and the big data that's important for us to fold in to have a look at um, student learning outcomes and and how they're performing um, at a local level but also how they might compare to look at trends across um, across the country and, and across nations but there's also teacher practice evidence Now, this is a type of evidence where we look at our own practice and uh, we might go to a learning session, for example, and we might learn about new things that we could do in the classroom um, and what we need to look at is the student data, but we need to look at our own practice data. Mm -hmm. And so this is where sometimes these you know, where I talked about a professional learning community, this is so powerful in schools. When schools have that collaborative and that collective approach where they actually 
observe each other's teaching, they have conversations about their teaching, they talk about the improvement, you know, what strategies work in which situations and why it might be. You know, that's teacher practice evidence. So it's looking at the types of practices that are being used in classrooms, focusing on the teacher, but on the teaching, Mm -hmm. which is one of the things I emphasised in the the media briefings. yeah. Practice yeah. needs to change for different students for different contexts. And then the third type of evidence in evidence based practice is research evidence. So that's where we draw in research evidence from, you know, work that researchers have done, um, you know, and they've written research that are they're in peer reviewed journals. So that's, you know, those are different types of evidence. And one of the things about teaching is about that adaptability and that ability to weave together those different forms of evidence to look at, okay, what's happening here and how is it having an effect? Now, of course, those sorts of things are, you know, in a really hard to, to do. So, you know, one of my um, one of my suggestions around this is is for schools um, to be linked more closely to universities and to educational researchers because we're the ones who can curate the research evidence for teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, teachers don't have time to do that. Many teachers don't have time to do that, to go and look for the research evidence and then think about, okay, how does this apply to my practice? How can I, you know, so researchers can help teachers do that. You know, they can curate the research evidence. But then... Also, um, you know, for teachers to have an inquiry stance, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what I call it. When when teachers and schools take evidence based approach, which takes into account all of those types of evidence I've just talked about, I would call it having an inquiry stance because what they're doing is looking at. In fact, some of the schools I work with call it puzzles of practice, and so. They look at what's something we really want to improve here, you know, in my classroom, in mm-hmm. my school. What's my puzzle of practice? And it's a real inquiry stance where they're thinking, okay, what are the different types of evidence I need to collect here to try and um, deal with and manage and negotiate this this puzzle I've got about my practice? You know, why is it that these students aren't, don't seem to be, um, you know, engaging when I do this particular um, activity. You know, why is it that some children aren't learning in that space? You know, what mm-hmm. is it can I that I can do about that? So they draw together those different forms of evidence. And I think, you know, the, the reason that this has developed is, is really because teachers are very busy people. You know, they, yeah. <laughs> and and we've, we've had teachers traditionally... You know, they're in their own classroom. They're just kind of doing their own thing. They might chat at, you know, the breaks. But even in the breaks, they might be off doing other things like playground duty and various other bits and pieces. So, you know, teachers are busy. And so they, they, yes, they use data because they use assessment all the time. But they don't always, um, but this is changing, I have to say, um, you know, engage in that full, holistic, collaborative kind of professional yep. learning culture. So, yeah, yeah. Do you feel that professional learning often doesn't emanate from the teachers and their needs and and can sometimes be 
you know, come from someone, you know, an external organization or something like that. And, mm, and mm. So you, that's what you're talking about um, when you're talking about, you know, there's learning groups in schools. Those groups need to come together to, to discuss their own needs and then perhaps organize that's their right. own professional learning. That's right. I think there should be more of this respecting teachers as professionals where teachers monitor the profession. You know, so mm-hmm. teachers should be responsible for maintaining standards in the profession. Now, you know, we always have bodies that, you know, that, that from above, are, you know, they mandate certain things and, and it's about accountability. Um, you know, and, and you can kind of... You can see why some of these top-down approaches happen. Mm -hmm. But if it's only ever a top-down approach where things are mandated, then you will never get the level of buy-in that you need to develop these professional learning communities. Mm -hmm. There has to be bottom-up strategies that happen where teachers, they are professionals. You know, they've got university degrees. They've got experience in classrooms. And, you know, they understand the way children learn and so on. So we need to draw on that that practice that they have and that professional expertise and judgment that they have. Mm-hmm. So we need to be trusting them to, to lead some more, you know, in, in many more ways, I think, professional learning. And it's even better if this is not done at an individual level, but, but it's done as a collective. So... You know, it's most powerful when you've got a whole school or a whole department in a school working together um, as a collective and, you know, learning from each other but also drawing in those other forms of evidence that I've talked about. That's going to be much more powerful than if it's only ever top-down. Yeah, and as you said, uh, using those uh, university links for your research evidence. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think more exchanges across universities, across universities and schools in terms of teaching exchanges, you know, so having teachers come in and, and, you know, teach more into our programs, having university um, lecturers going out into schools and, and, you know, teaching alongside teachers, you know, we can... I think we can facilitate more of that where we have those partnerships, where we have... Um, schools being, you know, we already have schools being engaged in research projects that we run, but we're trying to move more towards research projects that are instigated by the school. So it's not just a researcher coming in saying this is what we want to do, but we also have research that is instigated by the school. You know, this is what they want to research, this Mm -hmm. is what they want to improve, this is their puzzle of practice, and can you help us do that? You know, and so mm-hmm. that's where I think those partnerships can be really strong. And, um, you know, and I think if policies and if, if funding can support that work, then it makes it so much easier because, you know, teachers need release time and, that, you know, they'll be able to engage in that work. So, you know, we need to have that, the policies and the funding that will support that kind of work. Well, following on from that, um do you do you think the documenting of professional learning as it stands now could be simplified to a extent? I mean, is it is it so important to have this documented? Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, in many, and I'm not, I, I can't generalise across the board, but 
the way that, you know, so you need a certain number of professional learning hours to be registered in most states, Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, to get your teacher accreditation. And, I mean, I can understand why that's the case because, you know, I was talking earlier about top-down, bottom-up. You know, sometimes you need to have some top-down strategies because that signals the importance. Mm -hmm. And accountability, yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we don't, you know, in any math profession, you're going to have people that, need more professional learning than you know than others in certain areas and so you can't you don't want anyone slipping under the radar where you know they're not doing any professional learning so of course you you need to have that signal from above that this is important and that this is something that you need to do but in some cases it does become a tick box you know it's not the hours and and it, one of the issues is that there is there is actually unfortunately some low-level professional learning that's available. So, you know, if teachers are, you know, so, I mean, some in New South Wales we have NESA accredits professional learning, but not all professional learning needs to be accredited. Teachers can have some that they can choose that doesn't have to be accredited through NESA. But there's not a lot of at the moment around quality professional learning that's offered. So... You know, that sometimes teachers might end up, you know, thinking, oh, this is great. This Some provider has got this professional learning, um, you know, session that I might go to. And they go along, you know, it might be a two-hour session or it might be a day session. Come back. It's ne- it doesn't always get shared with anybody. Always, um, you know, it's not always... Uh, put into place and then and then evidence collected about what the impact of that was. You know, because that's, I mean, that takes time. That takes some kind of uh, investment. And as we know, teachers... So, you know, that's where professional learning, in my view, needs to so that it's iterative. You know, so, I mean, occasionally a one-off session might be useful if it's, if it's too technology that you want to learn how to use and and that's just initial kind of where you learn yeah, introduction it. session fine. Yeah. that's fine but then if you then want to in your teaching and see what the effects of that are that then needs to turn into iterative no that needs to be ongoing you need to be trying things you need to be talking to others bringing in those forms of evidence talked about earlier what does the research say about this kind of technology you know how do we um, look at how each other are using it what's the effect on our student data you know that's when it needs to become this ongoing process of professional learning and that's the sort of thing that schools can start to run you know they can and really good schools do that already do they exactly really good schools do that already like we work with a number of schools that that do exactly this where they work as a staff or work as a department in the really big schools. And they go through these processes. You know, teachers are working together. They're identifying those key areas. And then they're engaging in these processes. And most times, they engage with a university to come in and bring in that, that research expertise and to guide them through those processes. Well, Professor Mary Ryan, thank you for speaking with Education Review today. Thanks, Wade. It was a pleasure. Thank you.